friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Happy second birthday to the podcast today. So you may have noticed that this podcast episode is coming out on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. And that is because today is June 15th, which is the official release date of our first trailer episode two years ago. So super exciting to be celebrating with you today. And I thought it'd be so much fun to bring back one of your favorite guests from the last two years. And that is Darrell Comedy. Darrell was on episode number five. So if you have not listened to that episode, I would highly recommend you go back and check it out and hear kind of his backstory and more about his journey to this point. We had so much fun getting to sit down and catch up on the past couple of years. And since the last time that Darrell was on the podcast, he and his family have had another daughter. So now he and his wife, Hannah, have three daughters and they moved to the Houston area, which it happens to be where I live. So that's super great. So they're living in the Houston area where Darrell currently serves as worship associate and creative arts academy coordinator for Champion Forest Baptist Church, which is located in Northwest Houston. So you'll get to hear about that journey as well as different conversation about the global church, what's happening right now. And also we dive more into the concept of worship and what that looks like. So I think you guys are going to be so encouraged by this episode today, just like I was. And I'm forever grateful for each of you for your support of this podcast. So excited to get to celebrate two years. Woohoo! Enjoy my conversation with Darrell Comedy. so excited to have you back on the show. Welcome back. I'm excited to be back. Thanks, Rachel. Yes. So when this airs, which is tomorrow. <laughs> um, Yay. Be, <laughs> I know, it's going to be a quick turnaround, um, but we're going to be celebrating Go two ahead, years girl. of the podcast. So exciting. Congratulations to you. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. Thank you. It's of kind course. of crazy and funny thinking back to like starting, you know, really in the middle of pandemic. And we were just kind of talking about that. Like, this is a very different recording experience in a way, right. you know, not being in isolation. So sure. Yeah. But kind of crazy. So I know I was looking back, you were guest number five, which is so cool. Thanks for trusting me at hey. such a, <laughs> you know, early phase. <laughs> Listen, you were easy to trust. I've known you for a few years and I said, Hey, uh, let's go on this journey together. We, reality yeah. is I had nothing else to do. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds terrible. No, but the reality is like you were easy to trust. You were easy to follow. You it was it was a no brainer just to say yes. Well, thank you. It was super fun. It was a great way to kind of get to connect with people in that time where we didn't have a whole lot to do. (laughs) Like, why not? (laughs) Love it. And your episode is still one of the most listened to episodes of the show. Like now that's crazy because I don't know why anybody would have a desire to hear anything I have to say, but Oh no, it's like so good. And I even, um, I went back and listened again because I was like, it'd be just good to refresh and so much good wisdom and just truth. And it was such a great conversation. So for anyone that's listening who hasn't listened to episode five, I definitely encourage you to go back and kind of hear Darrell's backstory and kind of a little bit more of the 
the journey, I guess, because we're going to kind of yeah. jump in maybe more to like current stuff. So if you want to hear more about that, I'm encouraging people to go back and listen. Go back. Go yeah, back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nice. But yeah, so much has happened in the past two years. Yeah. Whew. So where should I begin? <laughs> I know. So I think one of the coolest things is seeing your family. And I love oh, like gosh. seeing photos and video. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we before two years ago, we only had two little princesses. And now we have a third one. Her name is Daisy and oh. Daisy Ray Comedy. She was born January 16th of this year. And on Thursday, she'll be five months. And she's she is our family. I, we can't imagine a family without her. She is so precious. And now we got two big sisters that adore her. And it's, it's really awesome just to see to see our family grow as, as we go through different seasons. God just continues to remind us how faithful he is and how he'll yes. give us everything we need, even when we didn't think we needed it. So that's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love seeing it. And there was one video or a reel, I think that you guys posted with the matching outfits. And it was <laughs> we so brought her neat. home. Yes. I mean, their personalities were true to form. My oldest, she is very cautious. She's observant. She doesn't say a whole lot. And the second one, uh, Phoenix, my oldest is Harlow and Phoenix is the, is our second daughter. And mm-hmm. immediately we walked in, she says, can I see her? Can I hold her? Can I touch her? She's just so excited and asking tons of questions. Can I paint her nails? Do we have the same nose? She's so beautiful. Just going and my other daughter's just kind of watching it all and just Taking still processing in. everything. Yeah, She's <laughs> yes. like, wait, mommy, you're not pregnant anymore. <laughs> It's really precious. So um, that's amazing. Yes. I love how they all process it a little bit differently. Absolutely. So we had a niece that was born about a year ago as well, a little over a year ago. And um, her older sister was like, can I pick out her jammies tonight? Like the day she was born, you know, <laughs> it's so cute. She's like, well, it's she's great. not going to be wearing jammies yet, you know? Right. <laughs> so no, fun. It's, yes. It's amazing. The, the brains and the minds of children and how they just, they process it in their own reality. Like they, yes. they just assume that they are, the other baby's reality is theirs. So, and exactly. the same could be said of us sometimes as parents, we assume that. <laughs> our reality is the kid's reality and it's not. So mm-hmm. that is a whole nother conversation that we probably will get to later. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what was super fun was, I think it must've been like early 2021 project dance Houston. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like that first project dance after the pandemic hit and everything. And it was so fun because I ran into you and I'm like, what? You're living in Houston now? Like, how did I, I not think know I had this? Just moved. I had just, that was the week that I had moved to Houston. So uh, my family and I, we were living in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And um, we transitioned to the Houston, uh, Northwest Houston area, uh, March of last year. Right when I'm, right when I saw you, Rachel, I think I had yes. three days prior just drove from there and my, my girls, my wife and my girls flew. I think I picked them up from the airport that either that day or the day before in response to a call, God was calling us to a, a different ministry. And we've been at uh, champion forest Baptist church in the spring uh, Klein ISD kind of area of Houston. We've been here. Um, I'm a worship associate along a number of other worship leaders and pastors 
here at the church, which is great, which is a really, really great thing. I didn't know I needed because prior to that, I was, I was also associate, but I was also kind of so many things happening within that season of, of ministry uh, where I was kind of not in a negative sense, but just, I was alone. Like mm, I was, yeah. I was just, I was in an isolated place of ministry and even just our community because we had no family in, in Charlotte mm-hmm. and, and here we don't necessarily have bloodline family, but we have, um, like you mentioned, Project Dance, uh, a damn dance company, that community, and just all the people and the connections that I had prior to. So it was a little, it was less fearful. Um, right. And also being at a larger church where the the staff is, uh, th- there's just more, there's just more support, which I, I realized I, I needed that. I needed just, I didn't need to be on an, I didn't need to try to figure it all out by myself. And so mm-hmm. to just be a part of a team that just really, really thrives in collaboration um, is something that I stepped into last year. And I'm so grateful. Um, My main worship pastor is an incredible leader and very honest, very transparent, but very um, just sincere in in every aspect and something that I just needed. I needed it. Our family needed it. Um, uh, The church was going through leadership changes as far as the senior pastor was concerned. They just hired one two months before I got there. So it just felt like we were walking into a very exciting season and it's still exciting. It's still new. It still feels like honeymoon. It doesn't feel like the honeymoon's over, which is great. Yeah. Um, Cause I know when it does, it'll, it'll get a little bit like enduring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is, you know, a good season too, but harder. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. But to, but to, to step into it and to still be in it is, is, it is truly the kindness of God. Um, and so, yeah, with the other great thing about being here at the at the church is that they have a performing arts academy, uh, which I am primarily overseeing. I don't run it. Um, I, there, there are other people that, are, that kind of do all the operations and the artistic curriculum. I just make sure everybody has what they need. And, uh, and just to step in to teach every once in a while and choreograph here and there has been a nice just refreshing experience uh, Mm because that was just not my reality in Charlotte. Um, So to have the two worlds become a hybrid is really amazing. And to also, I'm teaching at Houston Ballet part-time, which is, is, it's just a blessing all around. God knew what I needed and he gave, gave it to us at the right time. So all of that happened since the last time we spoke. Oh, so much, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, So many things we could kind of dive into a little bit more, but sure. I know I was kind of aware of the performing arts is it Academy. Is that what you called it? Mm-hmm. Performing arts yeah. Academy there. And it's really pretty unique. I feel like, I mean, there's probably some other, you know, churches out there that have similar programs, but you know, at least in the Houston area, it's a, it's a really kind of a special thing that they have going there. So it looks like it's like music and dance focused mainly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think a lot of churches, I think the, I think it's still, while it's been around for so long, it's still new for churches to embrace the importance of education and investment within the arts. It's still a, it's still, it's rare, you, yeah. you know, you don't see that type of investment. I think people want to, they just don't really 
comprehend what it requires, um, mm-hmm. what it requires as a staff. It requires uh, being being aware of the the facility and how do we create a facility that truly uh, emulates what we're trying to to cultivate and create and and invest in. So churches are like, wait a minute, we have to have what? We have to have mirrors. We have to have sprung floor. We have to have this kind of floor. What? What is this? And that kind of investment is a little bit like, uh, never mind. You can't dance a carpet. Uh, let's just let's just try something else, you know. And so for our church to to already have that understanding and to then utilize it, so it's not just a place where we're pouring into students and artists. It's then what we then do is create a platform, whether it's our yearly recital or our yearly Christmas program that the dancers and musicians are involved in. Uh, that's that's also an it's an it's a, an additional step to, yes. to say. Not only do we sign off and and approve and affirm the gift, this is a place where we can now share it with our community and with the the body of Christ. So yeah. that, it is a really a, a unique thing to be a part of, and I'm and I'm grateful for as long as God will allow it to exist here. I'm going to fully give myself to it and do whatever is required so that it yeah. continues to grow and to, to flourish. It's so good. So what is your kind of day-to-day look like now? Um, you know, that changes all the time <laughs> <laughs> well, because church, especially during, especially now we're in the middle of VBS, uh, vacation Bible school. So yes, this week- which by the way, I saw a video of y'all's VBS. Cause one of my nephews and nieces are, or two of them actually are there. And so I think it was from this morning and oh, really? <laughs> I got a video. <laughs> it was, looks so fun. They're like, it's, it's out of this world. Out. <laughs> it is. I mean, I think we have, uh, from what I've heard, maybe close to 2000 kids registered. It's that's I'm like, what do we do with 2000 kids? How do we keep them all entertained and and safe, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. But, but, you know, so the day to day, you know, for the most part, we, we meet normally at the beginning of the week to kind of just debrief about Sunday services, the strengths, the challenges, things we can improve on. And then we kind of plan for the next Sunday. We have five services. Uh, We have a, a traditional service in the morning primarily hymns. And then we have a contemporary chapel and then a Spanish chapel. That's the other unique thing about this church is the heavy emphasis and the the alignment within Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly everything we sing in English, we sing in Spanish. Everything we speak about as far as sermon series is concerned, it's spoken about in Spanish. So it's not a Spanish church within an English church. It's two, it's two cultures uh, aligned and speaking on the same truths. And that's mm-hmm. also rare because you, it's, the Spanish ministry tends to be like the redheaded stepchild, you know, and it's not the case at all. That's um, awesome. Everybody's at the same, sitting at the same table, um, discussing how one affects the other. Um, so we have a, a Spanish chapel and then two main services in our worship center, one English and one Spanish. So we're planning for those during the week. We have our choir and orchestra rehearsals on Wednesday night, and then our worship team rehearsals as well. So we're planning for that. And during the school year, that's when the academy meets. So they meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, there's lessons and classes going from 5 to 8.30 every Tuesday and Thursday. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's mainly uh, my day-to-day is making sure those areas are, are covered 
And that's different, you know, sometimes as a guest, sometimes in both areas, there might be guest teachers or guest singers, worship leaders, guest choirs, whatever. So you just, just make sure all of that is taken care of. In addition to all the big things that will come, like a Christmas uh, production, this summer we're doing a choir recording. Um, so we're preparing for all of that. So it's always, in in some ways, it's always different. And at the same time, it's pretty much the same thing. Just, right. just be ready for for a big project or a big, you know, a big, yes. uh, big assignment. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Similar kind of rhythm, but different things happening. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. so cool. I love you were talking about um, the idea of the community there and kind of the team effort and collaboration. How has that experience kind of influenced you or what's been powerful about that? You, you learn, you learn how, um, <laughs> You realize, I guess, is the better thing to say. You realize how um, how necessary it is for there to be a team, and it's the same thing with our with our faith. Like my wife and I were just having a really um, emotional conversation about community and about um, about team and collaboration, and and that it's that it is difficult. It is very difficult. Um, for community and, and, and team effort to really take place. It's an intention that, that must happen with a leader or a, or a director. And we've seen that I've seen it modeled in many of our teams here and in, in, in our team, but you know, there, it does, it does come with its challenges. Um, yeah. and, it, and that's, that's something that can be discouraging. You know, all it takes is maybe one person to be going through something but not willing to share that. And so there's no way for someone to fully kind of stand up around them and support mm -hmm. them. And so it's, it's, it's always this kind of that while there's, there's so much joy and so much uh, relief in community, it's also a little bit of, of, of a burden sometimes or pressure because it needs to be maintained. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, for it to grow and for it to have, for it to do what it's meant to do, just like the body of Christ. The body of Christ can only do what it's meant to do if we are intentional about doing that. And that takes a selflessness that takes uh, thinking outside of myself and saying, okay, what does my team need? What does my community need? Um, and that's just, that's exhausting. And it's, if, especially yeah. if you're someone who's like me, who would rather just like read a book in a corner and, <laughs> <laughs> and not talk to anyone. Yes. Um, but, but then that only lasts, but for so long and, and you go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm all by myself once again, type of thing, as I talked mm -hmm. about earlier. So it's, it's been, it's been great to see it uh, modeled, but then it's also kind of, Point, it's like looking in the mirror and say, okay, Darrell, how are you going to, where will your stamp of, or where will your mantle of community take place? Like, what's your participation? And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's been the, the most sobering part of all of this is that it's great to be a consumer of community. It's something different to be an initiator of community. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like I am being stretched and challenged is that it's now my job to not just reap the benefits and the fruit of community, but then to say, okay, now here's what I have friends. Enjoy it. And, or what do you need? Let me get what you need so that you can 
you can be whole and you can be, you know, satisfied. Right. I love that so much. The idea of like, you know, it's different being a consumer of community, like you just said, than an initiator. Mm -hmm. And that's been something I've been kind of processing a lot lately too, is community and probably a lot of us coming out of the pandemic and just sort of rebuilding in a lot of ways, uh, you know, some things that maybe were going before or realizing like, whoa, I kind of got off the rails here. I'm not really, you know, intentionally building this, you know? So that's something I've been thinking about and it. It's, it does take that time, you know, and that investment, that intentionality. So that's really cool to see it modeled. And then I appreciate you being honest about like, it's great and it's challenging and you know, it's it's a risk. It's a risk that you, one always takes. I mean, no matter if you are an extrovert or introvert, you're always putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess the thing that I'm being challenged in is that when you do that, with the expectation to receive something in return, that's not love. It's just a transaction. So when I put myself out there or when I make myself vulnerable to be rejected, the expectation cannot be, Oh, they're going to do this for me. And when in my time of need, that just, that's not the, that's not the heart of God. It's not the father heart of God. Fathers, parents, they don't do what they do to receive anything. I mean, I, I'm I'm challenged by that with my girls. I, I'll do something and like now give me a kiss, you know. Now give me a uh-huh. hug now because I did this. That I mean, that's like just going to a store and purchasing something, and and that's that's the equivalent of that. And I don't want my relationships to be a purchase or transaction. Mm. That's I mean, that's very that's not sustainable, and it's not what we want. It's really not what we want. At the end of the day, we. Mm-hmm. We, we want to have those those kind of uh, unconditional agape relationships and spheres of community where true fruit can be birthed and born and um, people can benefit from it. Um, yes, so true. Do you see hmm. any like key things in y'all's team that help create that healthy community? And what you just said is one of them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honesty. Yeah. Um, I think... I think I've, I still struggle with being able to walk in one day and to say, you know what, guys, it's not good. It's not mm-hmm. been great because I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of hmm, what would they look at me like if I say I'm not having a good one? Will they think I'm not, will they question my faith? Will they question my, you know, uh, my, my sincerity or my discipline? Do they think I've done something really immoral? Like, will they look It just, you know, you don't, what's challenging right now is that the church, the big C is going through a lot of just brokenness and discovery. There's a lot of, I hate to use the word scandal, but just a lot of stuff being uncovered. Mm -hmm. And it just, it makes you, just makes you scared because, you know, like, no one's exempt from that. And you don't want to, you don't want to be that person. You don't want yeah. to be that, you know, that Twitter, that Twitter hashtag or whatever. You just don't, you don't want to be that. And so you either have two options. You cover it up and don't say anything and just try to fight it on your own, which is how it gets uncovered. Um, mm-hmm. Or you just open up and say, look, today's not great. I'm contemplating this. I've been thinking about that. and 
And then the safety of, of the body of believers is there, hopefully to embrace you and, and say, we get it. Let's pray. Let's do whatever. Yeah. Um, and Stand so that, together, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed that when it happens here on our team, it's, it's really beautiful. It does take us to a new level, yes. a new level of intimacy. And, and I've seen it in other groups. I've seen it in other, other contexts. So I think just the honesty when it happens, I think timing is important, but honesty is definitely it. And recognizing that we are all in this together, like one struggle is no different than another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so viewing and listening with gracious ears and merciful hearts is is also helpful in the mo- during the moments of confession or just kind of vulnerability. Yes, yes, so good. Thank you for that. So it's interesting. Yeah, you're talking about kind of the capital C church and sort of global church and just some shifts that have been happening. And yeah. you know, it, there's been a lot. I feel like going on, and um, you know, you hear. I think with the ease of like online church, which is awesome. I'm glad we have that option, you know, but I think there's also been this shift of maybe people stepping away from being connected into a local church, local body of believers. And I'm curious your thoughts on that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously you've chosen to invest and be part of a local church and kind of, you know, what do you see as the importance of that? You know, I was, I've I've been speaking uh, with a really good friend of mine for the last for this entire pandemic, but we've just grown closer. And this person has just continued to just express the struggles of online community. Mm, and yeah. that, that is not something that's satisfying or sustainable, but doesn't feel the tug to go anywhere else. So, you know, I, I, think, I think there's such ease, there's such accessibility with online the problem and the challenge is, is that vulnerability, how vulnerable, how vulnerable can we get through a screen? Especially mm-hmm. if, you know, a lot of times these, these community gatherings uh, don't have the screen asked. You know, a lot of people are, are becoming so preoccupied and they can't sit in a room and look at a person, even through a screen for extended periods of time. They have to put their, you know, avatar, they, whatever you want to call it up and <laughs> yeah. be somewhere else and doing other things. So it's not true, you know, investment um, in that regard. So, I mean, it's just, it's that, I don't know how we, we sh- transition back there. You just kind of, you just kind of have to, and yeah. you kind of just say, you know what, we're done. The season is over kind of, I mean, in a lot of ways with this pandemic, like a lot of places have just said, you know what? Done. <laughs> like, yeah, no more this, no more that. Cause if we try to pacify it, if we try to like, there's not going to be an easy way out. There's never, it's never going to be easy. So we just, it's kind of like sleep training a baby. This is not, you know, familiar to me at all, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you just put the baby in the crib and most people aren't a fan of this and to each his own but all of our kids have done great with it. You put the baby in the crib and they cry it out and they just, it's not easy, but they ultimately, they figure it out. And they say, you know, this is my reality. I can't be so dependent on this anymore. 
this is this is where it is and i either accept it by fully immersing myself and like re- getting reacclimated in my own way maybe i need this maybe i need that whatever but it's but it's just accepting the reality and i think i think i think being online has kind of like tainted not tainted but it's just kind of like caused us to not really embrace the full reality of of what what's happening in our world and not just the reality of what's happening in our world, but the reality of what we truly need. Yeah. You know, because it's, uh, we've, we've always needed community was in, in connection. It didn't stop with the pandemic. We we've all, we've been built for that. We've been built for relationships. Yes. So it, it never ended. It's just had to shift for a season just to make sure everything was safe and, and, and everybody was taken care of or whatever. So you know, it's just, it's, it's adjustments. Yeah. And people don't like to adjust. They, when they get accustomed to one thing, they like it that way. They're safe that way. So it's just a matter of just adjusting and yeah. getting reacclimated to the reality of one's needs and being honest about what they are. Mm, yeah. It really connects into what, you know, what we were just talking about with how to create that intentional community. So right. So good. And I think it's a good encouragement for all of us to just really be like, take a step back. Are we truly being intentional about that? You know, and are we recognizing the needs that we do have in each of our lives? So, and how God's designed us, you know? Right. Um, so that's so good. Um, I love when I was listening back, I was like, oh, yeah, we were talking about like just the idea of worship and the idea of creating an atmosphere for people. Yeah. to encounter the presence of God, you know, to experience his presence. And we kind of had just barely kind of gotten into that, I feel like. So I'd love to dive a yeah. little bit more into it um, sure. and just hear, you know, how has God continued to develop that passion in in your life? And what does that look like, I guess, now? <laughs> well, of course, I don't, I think the, I think the biggest thing that I remember the, the need or the, the draw and the, the passion and the, and the desire to create that atmosphere, I think the biggest, um, while that is a beautiful goal, I think the issue that resided in me was to be the one to create it. Mm, yeah. And um, to be the one, to be the person to kind of have the move of God take place and to be the one to manifest, man, not, I hate to say manipulate it, but probably, probably just saying like be in charge of that. And yeah. God has just truly um, humbled me and saying, Darrell, I, I don't need you <laughs> to make my yeah. presence known. <laughs> and I, I've done it throughout all eternity for, for as long, you know, even before time began. I'm yeah. the one who spoke, you know, spoke the world into existence. So I don't need you. I'd love mm-hmm. to partner with you, but I don't need you. And I mm-hmm. think... I think that has just been so humbling. The other thing that's also been humbling is that I've always equated the atmosphere or the creating that in uh, with my own preferences in mind and recognizing mm-hmm. that in different places and different venues and different contexts that my preferences may not be what needs to be utilized in order to have that type of experience Mm, you know i mean as an adult christian um just kind of just the foundation of my faith coming into play at the brooklyn tabernacle that is a unique place that's a unique ministry and it's a unique 
calling that that ministry has. But I can't go to every other church and every other venue and every other place that I'm asked to lead or asked to sing and expect that type of context or expect that type of culture and personality. Right. And there are many variations and it's recognizing that God is in them all and that God can speak in the silence. He can speak in the loud. He can move in the spontaneous, in the prophetic. He can move through the planning. He can move through the countdown. Like God is not limited to my preference. Would I prefer us to just kind of like show up and start singing and see what coming comes out? Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. That's not everybody's <laughs> world. Not everybody can, that's not, that just doesn't work everywhere. Yeah. And so God has just really just kind of just said, you know what, Darrell, like I appreciate and I love that you love that, but learn to love other places where that may not be the norm. And they, that may not be where I can move. I can't move like that in every place. And it doesn't mean that that place is less mature or less valid or, you know, it's, so that has just been so humbling to just kind of go with the program and see and just just having having eyes to see differently mm-hmm. and to not just see based on my preference or to participate based on my preference or to try to change things up so that it caters to my comfort and that has been the biggest thing in as far as worship leading that is it's simply it's simply walking in, <laughs> seeing what's happening, going, go, just, just, just going, just being in tune with the Holy Spirit, and just, and, and that means He's in the in the free flow, and He is also in the planning center, mm-hmm. where where it's you know documented, you know, minute by minute, second by, He's in that too, and just knowing that He's He's not limited. Mm, yes, yes. So basically, you know, that kind of flows nicely thinking about just how we've grown and shifted and had time to reflect a little bit, Um, you know, looking back on the last two years so much, like we said, we literally talked like in the middle of the pandemic, I think we talked in July um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, June, July. And so now kind of with a little bit of space, a little bit of time, how have you seen God at work in this season, especially coming out of the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, Hmm. That's a big question. Pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever um, comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I probably have to start personal and then probably have to go on out. Well, I think, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, safety. I think about my kids and they just, one of the things that um, I'm realizing why God gave me three daughters is, uh, mm-hmm. Everyone, but specifically my girls, they they thrive on being safe and feeling safe. And I I think I'm a little too quick, quick tempered, um, too quick oriented. Uh, like I just want everything to be done and just to move on or to get on to the next thing. And my girls, as different as they are. They one thing that they all have a similarity in is feeling safe and feeling like, okay, I can, I can be free to be whomever, and um, and I'm wondering if, if that's happening in our world right now. If there's this question of feeling safe, especially with all the tragedies that are happening, families are like struggling with with, 
do I feel safe anymore? Like, is this mm. world safe? Is, is my community safe? Is my church safe? Is, you know, with, with the virus and everything, are we safe? Like mm -hmm. it's this, this, this question of safety and security and no matter, no matter how the economy goes, no matter what happens in our world, I think God is, is really just trying to point our attention to him being our safety. You know, like the book of Psalms says, God is our refuge and strength, uh, very present help in time of trouble. That's, that verse right there says that trouble is coming and yeah. that there's always going to be trouble. Like there's always going to be a virus. There's always going to be a tragedy. There's always, now, does that mean we don't do anything to try to create um, more, more boundaries, more safety within our community no, absolutely not just because the unavoidable is the unavoidable doesn't mean we just sit idly and do nothing because the bible mm -hmm. also says faith without works is dead so i'm i'm kind of like combining all these things that are kind of going through my mind um right now yes. so I, I think but I, so i think we have a responsibility when we partner with the holy spirit to to be part of directing everyone's focus and attention to the fact that god is our ultimate security and safety through Jesus Christ. So I can't think, I can't help but think, but for the last two years has been two years of just challenging how safe are we? How comfortable are we? How secure are we? Outside of Christ, we're not. Mm -hmm. We are not. And there's always going to be something. And I think, I think everybody's trying to just trying to get their bearings and be like, oh, is there anything else going to happen? Like, I just want a moment of peace. I just want a moment of stillness and calmness. And you, you'll only find that in Christ. Mm -hmm. Will there be seasons where it's a little bit calm and peaceful? Yeah. I mean, my family and I had that last year moving from, from Charlotte to Houston for the, for the first six to eight months, it was pretty peaceful. And, you know, then found out we were having a baby and then that changed, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then, but I mean, so there are moments of that, but regardless of the seasons, regardless of the, the way the world will change, because it is inevitable. It will always change. Things will always shift. There will be heavy seasons. There will be dark seasons. There'll be sunny seasons, mm -hmm. but our hope is not in the season. Like the hope is in the God who allows all these seasons to take place and to know that he's the unchangeable one. He's the one that he keeps us firm. You know, Amen. he keeps us steady. He keeps us sure. I believe that's what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. And the, I mean, we were just, I was on a prayer call this morning and it was just talking about how I think the Bible says, I can't remember where it was, it says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Ooh, yeah. But, but what will remain is the word of God, is the promises of God, are the people of God when they stand on the word of God. So that's I, like God is, he's, he's shaking, like he's shaking everything. And I think we've, we might have mentioned that a couple of years ago. I know I've heard it in, in conversations right at the, the peak of it all, at the beginning of it all. It's just that God is just out to just see what's see what's going to stand and who's going to stand yeah. and you're not going to stand in your strength so like don't <laughs> don't get all don't don't get happy about you standing when it's really not you like it's it's it's, uh -huh. it's god that's allowing us and in causing us to stand like the glory can only be given to him and so i i know it's happening in my life like the moment i'm like yeah we're good like 
<laughs> my wife and I even, even said that like the other day, like we're good, we're doing great. And then, you know, right at, when that happens, something ha- something comes to just shake us. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that we're still not good, but the good is not in and of us. Like the good mm-hmm. is in Christ so that we can only boast in him. Like mm-hmm. God wants us. We're make we're made to praise. We're made to worship. That's what we do. We do it all the time. When we watch TV, when we're watching games, when we see our friends doing this, we are praising. We are we are going at it. We're giving them, we're giving them, you know, adoration and we're giving them our attention. Like that has its place. But the but the other thing that God is trying to get us to is to give giving him all of that. Like surrounding our our minds and our thoughts and giving him and giving him that worth, giving him mm-hmm. that worship and giving him that uh, attention and affection and devotion and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, he's kind of taking, not taking away, kind of taking away or, you know, like you said, shaking it up to where, you know, what, like you said, what is left, what remains, right. you know? And I think we all tend to in those good seasons or like those seasons where it feels like everything's just working and it's good. It's like, we do feel like it's in our own strength and mm-hmm. it's, I think God's grace to remind us that it's not, you know, not so good. Humility is what he's always after too. I just think, you know, the broken and the contrite, he doesn't despise, but it talks about in the Bible all the time, the proud, mm-hmm. you know, he always despises the proud. Yeah. And so it's it, it, even in getting us to be humble, it's still gentle, it's still kind, it's still gracious. So I think living living with the heart of humility is something else that's that that he's after too. Yeah. So looking forward, you know, do you have any any like dreams within you or um vision that you feel like you're kind of walking towards right now? it's so funny that you say that um because um maybe about two months ago i was at a worship gathering and something happened prior to it i've I've been going to therapy everyone it's not a bad thing so do it if you can yeah and um my my counselor asked me just about um he asked if i was ordained and i said no and he said well why not and I said, why would I? And he said, well, you know, he explained all the, 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 the logistical benefits, but also just, you know, just sensing that that might be something that God has been calling me and tugging me towards. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I was at that, that happened two nights before my wife was like, what are we waiting for? Let's do it, Darrell. And I'm like, girl you're not the one kidding you're not the one having to be put through that i mean she is when she walks alongside me but i mean like she she doesn't have to it's her yes is not as challenging as mine you know yeah, yeah. so anyway she's we're going through that and then the next day i just he, we're singing this song in this worship gathering that says i'm getting tired of playing it safe and i knew exactly what that meant when i heard it and i just fell to my knees and then the, then there was a prophetic word that kind of came into the room that just confirmed all of that. So that was the long version of in the next few weeks and months, um, I'll be stepping into being licensed as a minister and yeah. being ordained uh, here at, at my church. And I think the the scary thing about it is I just never saw that. 
you know, I never saw that for my life. I mm-hmm. I was always labeled and identified as um as a mover, as a dancer, as a um as a creative and um it's just been it's been so humbling to know that um that my comfort and my limitations are not the same as God's mm-hmm. and and the fact that he would he would pull me towards this place of just wanting to um be fully identified it's him it's him alone and so going into the season has oh, it's just it's it's just caused me to be way more aware I think the whole community thing has been a burden too. Like, well, God, I'm now you're challenging me. It's just God is just challenging so much. But in in this specific area, I think I I don't know what that looks like. Being licensed and being ordained, all of that is great. But that I'm I'm also being challenged to know that that doesn't mean I'm going to become a preacher, and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm going to become the wedding officiant or the one to run every funeral that walks through these doors, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's not the, I'm recognizing while this season is familiar to so many people and the context and the framework of it is familiar and kind of, kind of expected predictable for me, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be, and it won't. Mm -hmm. So um, so I'm just, I'm releasing what that looks like. Yes, I'll be licensed. Yes, I'll be ordained. But I don't know what that looks like for a creative like me. Yeah, that God has personality, unique like, purpose for that in your life. Yeah. Right. So, so while that's happening, you know, a lot of people have said, uh, well, I, and I've said, well, that there, there goes dancing and there goes, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone says, well, don't put God in a box. You, you never know what God can do with your yes. So just say yes to him and, and, and then take and let him take care of the rest. So um, that is the, the, the immediate next season that I'm stepping into. And Rachel, I have no idea what that looks like. Um, yeah. And you can already hear that I'm like, that it's a tender thing for me, mm-hmm. but um, uh I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the the, un, the discomfort and the unexpected. And but the one thing I can't, I think that's what going back to what we were talking about before is this there is safety in him, no matter the season, no matter what we're faced with, whether it's great, whether it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Like the it can't be in the opportunity. It can't be in the season. It's just in him. Like mm-hmm. he is the one sure thing and we can be present in that season, but like just holding on to, to Jesus in that so that when the unexpected comes, we're not, you know, crumbling to the ground and, and not knowing how to move forward and, and how to live our lives and how to just exist. Yes. I think that encourages encourages my faith. I think it encourages everyone that's listening, you know, that just saying yes, being obedient. You know, I think I've been hearing that a lot lately, just the idea of like obedience, you know, doing that next thing that God's calling you to. And so I'm excited for you in that. And also, you know, be praying for you in that. And please, new season. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so you probably you probably remember this from last time but um i like to ask is there anything on your heart right now that you like to share with other artists that may be listening oh just keep falling in love with the creator 
Mm-hmm. And he just, oh, I, I sense it more than ever before, the marriage, the, the, the marriage of the, the church and the bridegroom, like that, that intimacy, like when we're ex- artists out there, when we're expressing, when we're displaying our art, let's be sure that we're displaying it for the for our for our beloved which is christ and like that that because he delights in that he delights in our expression he delights in our in our offerings whatever that is even if it's an offering of silence or stillness just expanding that expanding the expression expand you no know, yeah i know my lane but also just kind of explore other things in and but just making it that making sure that that's what it is and then it's not a presentation of look what i can do everybody um there's the place for that there's a platform for it but it's the but that's the overflow of what we're doing in our private in our private lives Uh, i just think about it if the only time i show displays of affection for my wife are in public that's a problem Ooh, yeah that, does, that is not a sh- that is not a sign of intimacy. That is performance. Yes. And that is letting everybody know that we're good. But uh-huh. if the, if the, but if the affection is not an overflow of what we're doing in private, and then that that that's pure. That's pure growth. That's pure. Um, that's true intimacy mm-hmm. um, because that nobody's watching that, and exactly. nobody's and that's judging a health, that. Like a healthy yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's critiquing that. Nobody, you know. It, People can only critique what they see, but the reality is they have a respect and an honor for something that's done in private and as well as public, if that makes sense. Yes. That where that's the overflow, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I would just encourage that. Just the the intimacy the, of, of the private expression. And I'm just loving him for who he is and not what he can do. He can do great things, but he is, he is not the essence of who he is, is not his works. The essence of who he is, is him. Like he is love and he shows love through these ways, but he himself is love. He himself Mm -hmm. is peace. He himself is joy. God himself is strength. So just looking at him as who he is and not just for what he can perform. Yes. Oof. Oh, so good. <laughs> so another one that I like to ask every episode is what of is course. one of your favorite things right now? And I know I did this to you last time too, <laughs> just because you're in the worship space. But um, I also am curious your current favorite worship song, because you totally got me into Maverick City Music last time. And like, yeah, so well, much good stuff came from that. So I'm curious. I've been, I'm, I'm still sort of there. Um, yes. I'm also kind of um there's this there's a song that i've been been kind of like ramming recently and it's called none like you and it was made known i believe through legacy worship but i think they're connected through upper room to oh, upper yeah. room as well um a lot of familiar voices with this song and there's many different kind of like uh production production of it um pro- records or release of it but none like you legacy worship any form of it has mm-hmm. been a blessing but the chorus of it i just land on it i just sit on it so often because it's really it's just it's the it's the cry of my heart that the words say there's none like you you alone are worthy of all honor and praise there's no other name and it just says that over and over and over and over and over and it's one of those things that i just sing to the lord repeatedly 
even in moments where I feel like I'd rather be distracted by something else. Mm. I mean, just saying, you know what, like even the smallest thing, like the Holy Spirit is really in my life saying there is no one like Jesus. There is nothing that will satisfy. I mean, there was one time I was just so frustrated. I was just going through such a difficult season and you're going to laugh at me, Rachel. And I was like, I just want a fried chicken sandwich. I just, I just (laughs) want something salty. I just want it. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and they said, but then what Darrell, you'll Mm. eat it and you'll want more or you'll want something else. You won't be satisfied. So he didn't even let me, he didn't even let me have a soda. Like I just wanted like (laughs) the, the, the taste of a soda yes. and the Holy Spirit said, but then what? Like, but then what you, what you're doing, these things are not bad, Darrell, but what you're doing, your reason for going to that is the very reason why I created you to come to me. Oof, like yeah. I was meant to be that. And so that song has been something. It's just a, been a continuous reminder. There is truly no one like Jesus and he's worthy of my, of the honor and the praise. And there's no other name like Jesus. Mm, yes. That's so real. So deep. I'm like, I, I definitely feel that as well. So I'm not laughing because <laughs> I'm like, I do the same thing, you know, with whatever for yeah. me is comfort, you know, or feels right. comfortable or feels like, you know, fulfilling in that moment. But it's like, like you said, it doesn't last. It's like, no. No, you know, that, those those treasures can only be enjoyed from a full place. Yes, when you're empty, it it's 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 the motive of it. It's like the 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 intent of it, and that's when it that's when it gets tricky. Like don't mm-hmm. don't listen. You can have your sweets. You can have your you can have all that stuff. But if you're going to it because you're hungry, mm-hmm. that's when you get. That's when we get into some trouble. That's when we get into addictions. That's when we get into just that's just like. That ain't what God is after. Like God yeah. wants us to be able to enjoy everything that he's given us, but not from a hungry place, but from a satisfied place. Amen. Yes. I love that. That is like a perfect way to wrap up today. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Well, I just Thank always you. like so enjoy and appreciate time that I get to spend with you. Oh, same here, Rachel. This has been awesome. So good. And I know we've We'll post it on the show notes, but um, if anyone wants to connect in with you or Champion Forest Baptist Church, you know, all the things that are going on there, what's the best way to do that right now? Yeah. Instagram. I'm still the Instagram guy. I I don't have anything else. So Darrell Comedy, (laughs) D-U-R-E-L-L-C-O-M-E-D-Y is my handle. And our church is Champion Forest, just that. And there's different uh, departments of it. There's the English, there's different campuses. Um, The other... Uh, the academy that we've been we're talking about as well, We Are Magnify, is the name of the academy. And our website is wearemagnify.org. And I can't think of the Instagram handle right now, but I will let you know. Yeah, no is, worries. We, I can search it and um, post it or yeah, link yeah, to yeah. it. It's, so. it's there. It's there. It's out there. Yes. So, anyway. Well, so thankful for you. And Absolutely. I am excited for this new season for you. And thank you, um, yes, thank you for coming on to bring it back around two years yeah. later. <laughs> Happy two years. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you guys, isn't Jarrell just awesome? He's so much fun to hang out with, and I had a blast getting to catch up with him. 
It was super fun bringing back one of your favorite guests from the past two years of the podcast. And thank you so much for your support over these past couple of years. I know there's been like ebbs and flows, ups and downs through each of our journeys, but I'm so grateful we've been able to share this time together. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who continue to support the podcast. And if you are interested in supporting and becoming a patron yourself, you can check out creativeimpactpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. As a patron, you help to make this podcast possible, and also you get some bonus content in return, so it's a super fun way to connect in. I still can't get over that we've made it two years with the podcast, and I'm super excited for all that's to come in the future and for an amazing next two years and hopefully beyond even that. I love hearing from you guys, so if you want to send me a message or leave a review, um, I definitely read all of those, and it's so encouraging to hear from those of you guys that are listening. Do you know someone who you think would be encouraged by today's conversation? I'd invite you to share this episode with them. You can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. Thank you so much again for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show is produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create, you were made to inspire, continue living with purpose, and making an impact. See you next time, friends. 